Okay, welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And Brian, I'm going to let you introduce this one because this was your idea. Episode, the second episode of our Christmas, Christmas beers. Yeah, this is something that I'm passionate about. Not necessarily this beer, Mm -hmm. but beer in general, right? And then the holiday season, Mm -hmm. oh man, I cannot get enough. Yeah? I've been playing Christmas music since about Easter. I just love it. So this time of year is like my favorite. Where's that come from? Uh, do you, how deep do you want to go? You want to get all Mark Marin on it or whatever, but uh, it comes from uh, some of my happiest lifetime memories as a kid around Christmas time. Nice. So I've been pulling that through the rest of my life, trying to catch the tiger's tail, uh, which is Christmas trees, lights, the smells, the sounds, all that stuff just makes me happy. I love it. So that's where I like to live. That's why I have a whole bunch of displays on my desk right now. Currently. You do. So we're going to get into this beer. Um, it's not, it's, it's Shiner Holiday Cheer. This is the eighth year, I believe, that they've made it. I don't think they've changed the recipe at all. So if you've had it before, you're going to pretty much know uh, what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different in the fact that it's not a spiced holiday beer. Oh, good. Which are like some of the ones that are out there and either you kind of like them or you don't. But mm-hmm. we're going to get into this one and we'll talk a little bit about it. All right. Why we why I picked it and all that sort of stuff. That's that's my one like I really really enjoy a good Oktoberfest. Yeah, um, I am kind of ambivalent towards holiday beers because of the spiced part. Yeah, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Eh. So this one doesn't have any of that. Okay, but it does have. You can probably smell it. This looks like cream. Soda. Have you had this before? No. Oh, okay. No. Well. Cheers to that. All right. Now that's fantastic. So the main thing that you're going to get is peach. Peaches. Yes. That's that's basically what this tastes like. And that's the main criticism of this beer is that it's a one-trick pony or a one-note beer. It's just peach is no. what most people say. Why? Well, I don't. Which is problematic. I don't know why it would be. But um, the other thing that you're going to get in here on the back end is a little of that roasty nut flavor. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be pecans. So it's peaches and pecans, basically. It's like dessert in a glass. That's what the flavor of this beer is supposed to I be. Can, yep, absolutely. 100%. So the reason that I picked this one mm-hmm. is because a few years ago, as you do on the internet, I was cruising around. Mm-hmm. Surfing the world yeah, web. Yeah, surfing the web. And I, I hit on their page. Mm-hmm. And there was a little story about the beer, but then there was like a suggested way to drink it. And I had never seen it before. Okay. And I tried it and it actually was pretty weird and good. Okay. And it kind of brought the flavors out a little bit more. So when I thought about what kind of beer can we do, we've kind of talked about some of these styles. Um, I thought about this one for Christmas because it's something that just goes against everything you think about when you drink beer. Okay. So we'll get to that once we're done with this. Um, the style of this beer is a Dunkelweizen, mm-hmm. which is a dark wheat beer. Roasted malts is what the style is. And then the flavors, you know, the additives or whatever, adjuncts, as we talked about the other day, mm-hmm. are added in there to get those peach and pecan flavors. So that's uh, just the basic profile of the beer. Um it's going to have a Dunkelweizen normally is going to have like clove um, and banana smells. Like we've kind of talked about those wheat beers yeah. and that's what adds this peach and yep. pecans kind of just kind of rolls it out. So it's, it's a good pair for that. 
I'm not a huge fan of that that clovey banana e hefeweizen type of. Yeah. It's just it's sometimes it's overpowering. Sometimes. And I think um, it kind of is, well, it's definitely muted in this because the peach is so prominent. But mm-hmm. if you don't like peaches, like my wife is not a peach fan. No. You don't want to drink this beer. But if you're not, if you're open to it, then it's pretty good. Peach can be an overpowering flavor sometimes. There's a, there's a couple that I've had. Dry Dock has a, has a peach that is peach. Yeah. It's overpowering. It's too much. Well, here we go with the secondary so what's I'll, I'll I'll talk you guys through this as he as he did this. So the okay, this is weird. Okay, so the first the first step was probably like two fingers, like you would drink uh what's it like a you know, whiskey or bourbon or something mm-hmm. like that in the glass, right? Yeah, that was in the little tasters that we have here. Now he's pouring it into glasses with ice, and this is what I was saying. It goes against everything that you know about beer. This is weird. Is that you should never put it on ice, ever. Maybe. You want a, want a photo of that? Let's get it staged just properly. You want to, we need a we get a little picture here for you because this is super duper weird, and I think it it needs to it needs a photo needs to be documented. So for, the, for those of you that are listening, Jamie is now taking a picture of the beer in ice. Weird. Yeah. So I ordered this a couple. I've ordered this a couple times at bars, and they're like, "What?" But this is how the brewery said to try it. So really? I did, and it tasted pretty good. So you got to so, let it get cold in the ice or let the know, ice? It kind of breaks it down just a little bit. It opens up. It's it's almost the opposite of a stout when it opens up when it's warm. Mm-hmm. It just seems to accentuate some of the flavors a little bit better. That's bizarre. So we'll just basically see if it makes a difference or not when you taste it. It okay. should. But All right. All right. Let's give it a shot. What is that? Is that weird? What is that? Yeah. I think that the pecans taste comes out a little bit more for this, me. All of a sudden, there's almost no peach. Yeah. And it's way more nutty. hmm Like, woody, nutty. Yeah. It, it, like, cuts that peach by a lot. So, that's the difference. So, that's the only trick of the trade. It just depends on how you like it. But I prefer it, actually, um, with not on, on ice, like which is how the brewery said. I would like the peach flavor more than... Yeah. Not that I... Not that the nut flavor is offensive it's right. just wow it's just different but yeah, yeah that's just to show how different it can be in different conditions uh it, i checked again the website today to see if they still said that on there mm-hmm. and they don't it's nowhere to be found i so didn't see as it just disappeared in the night as i did my research this did not show up at all so just to give you a recap so we did just open the bottle tried like just a little bit of it and then brian poured it into two glasses over ice and it's the flavor changed completely. Yeah, you wouldn't even think it's the same. Nope, it's the same beer. So. I would have argued that it's a different beer. Yeah. So let's get into the research on Shiner that you've got, mm-hmm. and then I've got some stuff to go over as well that's related-ish to this beer. Awesome. So once again, um, I, I think I've, I've fallen in love with another brewery story. This this one started in 1909. That's pretty old. Which is super, super old. By far the oldest one we've talked about yet. Yeah. Um, Shiner is not the name of the brewery. The brewery is actually called Spetzel. Okay. Which is named after Cosmo Spetzel, who was their first brewmaster. Uh, born in Bavaria, and then eventually immigrated to the United States from Egypt. So born in Bavaria, moved to Egypt, mm. and then and then immigrated to the United States. Um he bought the brewery when he moved to Shiner, Texas, okay. shortly after, when he was in his 20s, when he was younger. 
and then became the first official brewmaster at Shiner. So they were brewing something there before, but it was, I don't know, a hobby or something. Sure. It didn't really say. Um, Shiner, Texas is an interesting place. It was a population of just over 2,000, so it's a tiny little town. Not much at all. Hour and 45 minutes from San Antonio, two hours from Houston. So right in between San Antonio and Houston. So if you're at one of those hospitals in either one of those cities. So it's this still 2,000 people? Still 2,000 okay. people. Wow. Yeah. And the brewery, like the head brewmaster does videos for, like if you go to their website, you can, like the head brewmaster is like their MC, like their master ceremonies guy. Mm, cool. Um, he is everywhere. And really interesting character. Um, I, I didn't write his name down, and I should have. Probably not Cosmo Spetzel. Not Cosmo Spetzel, no. He's, but this guy's like the fifth brewmaster. Okay. So from 1909 to 2018, they've only had five brewmasters. Wow. Which is, which is interesting yeah. in and of itself. So, yeah, Cosmo um, worked at Shiner until he died, into, and then they didn't say what date. And then if you, So if you try to Google Cosmo Spetzel, mm-hmm. all you get is just a little bit on Shiner. So there isn't a whole lot of information about him after that. Yeah. Um, one of the best videos they have on there is uh, what did what did Spetzel Brewery do during the during Prohibition? Mm-hmm. And they have like a jug of milk or whatever or whatever. And the and the brewmaster now is like like yeah we didn't brew beer. <laughs> and then he's got a big smile on his yeah. face, right? So I mean they so they brewed all the way through Prohibition. Like sure. who was going to mess with Little Town and? In Texas. Southern Texas, probably, or right. something, I assume. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they were too worried about that. Yeah. So some, some breweries, like Budweiser and stuff, I know, like, just bottled water. Yeah. And, like, sent it to the troops or whatever. Like, that was their cover and stuff. And, but, like, seltzer water yeah. and, and stuff like that. And they did juices and things. Um, so in 2017, they shipped 6 million cases of beer. Little tiny Shiner, Texas brewery. Shipped shipped six million cases of beer. That's a lot of beer. And as far as I can tell, they have nationwide distribution too. So yeah. it's not like one of these you can only get it if you live in the South. Like it's very it's widely available here. Check your local, you know, grocery store, um, tap houses. You're gonna you're gonna find Shiner. Shiner Bach is the first time I ever heard of a Shiner. Yes. And I thought that was just the style of beer. Like that was way back before I was into mm-hmm. any sort of craft brew stuff, and that was. Pretty regularly, like available in most places, will yep. have it. So, yep. um, they've—I yeah, don't know—they probably make twenty different beers. I would bet they had. Let's see. If I looked on, it's like fifteen different on tap right now, in their in their tap house. Cool. There. So, yeah, that's the very limited information on Shiner. I would it, the next time I'm anywhere close to Houston or San Antonio, it's worth the the two hour drive to yeah. get there. And, it's kind of a cool story, it. and just to see how long, how old it's been. Yeah, because there's only a couple that I can think of that have been around older, and we'll eventually get to those. But, right, um, it's kind of a cool story. Yeah. So here's the the angle I went on this, and, and because I knew what the flavor was going to change to, um, I I focused on pecans. Okay. So our research today is going to be based on pecans. I like it. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to touch on just real quickly, which I thought was fitting, was they somebody online called this. Um, a Christmas porch beer. So if you're in the uh-huh. south and it's not that cold, mm-hmm. but you can still be outside, but it's, you know, like 50. Yep. This would be a, a porch beer for Christmas time if you're in, down in the south. So it's not like a lawn mown beer. No. It's a porch beer. It's a porch beer, but it's, you know, cr- holiday time, but you don't want to be too cold to stand outside and drink it. So yeah. 
It's like a southern U.S. thing, uh, which ties with where pecan trees are found. So if they have not been planted on purpose, right, if they're just naturally growing, Mm -hmm. it's basically Texas, and then they creep on over. A lot of them are in Louisiana, goes up to Oklahoma, Arkansas, kind of follows Mississippi River uh, Valley. So Missouri, Illinois, and Indiana are really the main places that they just show up. Okay. Um, and then they've been planted in places like Georgia, New Mexico, I think um, Florida and Alabama too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the main states that they are at. Um, pecan, which I feel like we're saying it right, right? Not pecan. Pecan. There's also a couple other. I saw that there's a couple other. Um, even English people say it a different way, but it's regionally pronounced. Okay. We go with pecan. Pecan. But I think down south it's like pecan. Pecan pie. Pecan. Pecan sandies or whatever cookies. Oh, have I love on. me a good pecan sandy. Right? And they had an ice cream yes. that was pretty good. Really? Yeah. Mm, yum. Um, anyway, the pecan or pecan mm-hmm. is actually not a nut as we consider it. What? It is something that is called a droop, D-R-U-P-E. And Dolan knows all about this probably, but it's actually a fruit. With a pit, really? and it has skin around it, oh. so that's that's the designation. Like a date, yeah, I guess, or like an apricot or whatever. Oh. It's like in that same sort of fruit with a core. And the other th- um, thing that they talk about it, um, it falls in this category because you need something to crack it open, like okay. the the nut to get the actual thing out because mm-hmm. it's in like a case or a shell. Mm-hmm. So if it needs a stone or something that they would designate that, then that falls in this category because you have to use something else to open it to get to that thing. Okay. So it's not like you can bite into it like a peach or apricot or whatever. Understood. So you have to like break it to get to that thing that is inside. So that's the sciency definition of that. Um, it is one of the most recently domesticated crops in the whole world. Uh, only in the 1880s did people actually start like farming and, and picking these up and collecting them and doing something with them um, for agricultural reason, not just for like, hey, I like these and they're on my farm. Right. So like they're actually producing and growing these on purpose. And that didn't happen until like 1882. Weird. Which is, seems pretty late as far as like people have been growing corn and wheat and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was neat. Uh, Texas is a big player. Um, in 2014, the United States wide. There was 264.2 million pounds of pecans harvested. Wow. Which I don't know if this, does that seem like a lot for one crop? I don't know. Well, when you figured, yeah. I don't know. It's it's probably a whole bunch. I mean, how much does one pecan weigh? I don't know. Ounce? Not even? Not even? So then that would be a ton. And they said like, I saw online, they were comparing if you got like a 10 ounce cup or something of just the actual meat of the Mm -hmm. pecan. You get your whole daily allotment of of protein and one other sort of like fat, some like a healthy fat in your diet. They're very high in that. High in fiber, protein, iron, and B vitamins. Hmm. The first time they were introduced into Europe was in the 1500s um, when explorers from Spain came through down in uh, Louisiana. Okay. And uh, it would be Texas, I guess. Okay. Um, oh, Ponce de Leon looking for the, uh, found for the youth, fountain of youth. Found pecans they instead. They found pecans instead. Took them back to, to the king and queen of, of Spain, and then they started growing them there as well. Oh, okay. George Washington, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson. Heard of those dudes? Oh. Big pecan fans. Really? TJ. I call him TJ. Yeah. Uh, he grew some on his 
his famous little farm there, Monticello. And uh, he gave them to George Washington, and he liked them, and so he grew some on his his place too. Old TJ liked a lot of different things. He was into a lot of things, you yep. know? Yep. He's like uh, the Mark Cuban of the 1700s. <laughs> I was going to go a different direction than that, but uh, if you want to look up some interesting history, old Thomas Jefferson. TJ. Oh, boy. Yeah, he, yeah I know about him. Yep. He had some uh, interesting minor. interesting characteristics to that, to that fella. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of that. Oh, yep. and pecanwood, big in the old barbecue circuit. Yes. Smoking yeah. with it. It's a big fruit wood, they say, or something like that, so mm-hmm. it's hard. Uh, so it takes a long time to like burn through it. So it's it lasts long, has a good um, heat temperature. Like it, it takes a lot of heat before it breaks down, so that you can't use it so much. So it's it's used in a lot of smoking and interesting and, uh, barbecue stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what I know. That's about pecans that wow. I didn't know before. Okay, so help me with the with the brewery with the brewing side. Mm-hmm. Then, like, how does I I get how like fruit flavors would transfer during the you know during the boil during the yeah. process is it the same for a for a nut i think or it pretty droop? much would be um it's the oils is what you're really getting okay so like you know like when you roast um peanuts or pecans or whatever it gives out that oil and and uh that's really what you're getting mm-hmm. um i think for the most part most places that are making anything that has to do with um a nut like a peanut stout or something peanut butter mm-hmm. i'm gonna guess and this might even be but they definitely use some sort of an extract to like cut down that because that would be very labor intensive to like yes be sitting there roasting tons of pecans to mm-hmm. make this mm-hmm. um i don't know this exact sales numbers but i have a feel like this is probably one of their bigger selling beers just because it's kind of an annual at least for now the last few years it's been an annual um event this comes out, and you know it's like Christmas time. You know it's coming. Christmas time. It's one of the first ones to hit the store. You know, kind of like Sam Adams Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's going to be fall when you see Oktoberfest yeah. on the on the shelves. So, here's a brew Bavarian style dark. I'm reading the label here, mm-hmm. just for you. Enjoy the gift of holiday cheer. Every drop of Shiner Spetzel Brewery is brewed in Shiner, Texas. That's the other thing too. Is I picked up off their website. Is that's 100 percent true. They do not brew. Shiner anywhere else except for this brewery in in Shiner, Texas. That's cool. That six million cases, and that's uh, they say something about the water, right? Like, is there yes. like the Shiner Creek or something? It's like supposed to be really good water, and that's why the town was founded there. And yep, that's why the beer tastes so good. The artesian well, artesian? Am I saying that artisanal? Right? Artisanal? Artisanal well? Mm. I don't know. It's that means dry now. delicious water in. <laughs> In rich Portuguese. speak, I guess. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it does mean, and they've been using the same water since 1909. Yes, you're 100% right. It, it means delicious beer. Yeah. I would like to talk to, you know, like Bobby or somebody could tell us this, Bobby, you know, from Cross Strain. Mm-hmm. Um, in Nebraska, there's, you know, the aquifer, right? Yeah. The underground water. Ogallala. And it costs, like, people can brew with it. Like, you can get it as a brewery, but it costs okay. like a bunch of money. Okay. Um, and I want to know. And maybe maybe somebody down in Boiler or somebody else could answer this for us. But like, how do they get it? Mm. How much does it cost? Why would you do or don't use it? Right. Because like most places are, I'm assuming, either filtering it or using like some sort of thing to take off the city's water. Yep. Because they're not just going to turn the tap on and put that in a beer and dump it in. Um, I know when we do some homebrew stuff, like we go and get like specially filtered water and then we add some stuff to it too. We're not just oh. pouring it out of the kitchen 
faucet. So what about those guys out of Kincader? They just drilling a hole in the ground. That's what and, I'm wondering. Like sucking right out of the yeah. out of the because you have to have water rights. I mean, it's just like farming, so yeah. you have to have some sort of. I don't know. This is open to can of worms for me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to find out. But I, I wonder if anybody's it. made beer with it, and if if so, how did they do it? I'd love to nerd out and have like a brewmaster from one of those places on with yeah. us. That would be a lot of fun. We'd have to come up with like a whole bunch of questions. And mm. Oh, I could write some questions. Yeah, maybe give them ahead of time so they could they could find out yep. if they don't know. And yeah. I think we could, we might we might know one or two. We could probably get somebody. I'm sure to come we could get somebody. Yeah, Bobby, Scott. Yeah, maybe somebody like that. Yeah, I want to. We as we continue on through our holiday, um, I, I do want to do another cross strain. The uh, the cross strain cross cross strain Melekalikimaha. Which is their version of a winter ale, yeah, Christmas ale. That one's more of a traditional style. It is way more traditional. Um, I would, I would love to talk to them about that to understand kind of their, you know, why, why they made the choices that they did. Mm-hmm. You know, why does, why this flavor over this flavor type of thing. I would like to know this. I mean, I know the story of the label, mm-hmm. like what it's all representing. Yep. But I would like to know the process of how that came to be and. That that would be an interesting mm. conversation for me. I'm gonna work on that. Let me All see. Right. Let me see if pull I pull some strings. Let me see. I may know somebody. All right, maybe I can stop in too if we need to. Oh, I would definitely want you here. Yeah, That's for sure. All so. right, awesome. Well, Brian, thank you. This was uh, I like this. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. I wouldn't tell anybody you did it this way, but I don't you know, think, whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you want to experience something different, and yeah. if you want the bartender to look at you. Oh, for sure. With a crook eye. Maybe, you know, ask for a glass of ice and try it this way. Yeah, I mean, drink half of it one way and then Mm -hmm. pour it the other or vice versa, however you want to do it. But it definitely changes the flavor, uh, and it's just something interesting and Mm -hmm. kind of like a little party trick that I I learned. So I thought I'd share with you. I think it's a lot of fun. So awesome. Well, next week uh, we're going to take a slight break from our uh, Christmas beers. And we got to watch our figures, Rich. You know, that's true. These Christmas beers can be high in, in calories. They so. can, yeah. So, we're going to do one from uh, South Dakota. One of our recruiters from South Dakota is going to bring us a couple beers from uh, Crow Peak Brewing. So we're going to try a couple beers that we have not tried before. Um, Styles we haven't tried. Yeah. Definitely, the, both of the beers that we've looked at, I have never had in my life. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how those go too. It will be completely different for yeah. for both of us. So I'm looking forward to it. So, cool. thank you again, Brian, and we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Rich.